What is up, Mets fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Mets Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Cutajar, and I can't wait to get back into talking about the New York Mets. So welcome back to another series recap and review episode. Yesterday, the Mets finished their four-game series against the St. Louis Cardinals, taking three out of four for a huge bounce-back series win. This series featured some very exciting wins, but also out of this series was the terrible news of Max Scherzer's injury. So in the first half, I'll break down each game as usual, look at the pitching and hitting performances of each game, and then in the second half, I want to dive more into Scherzer's injury and who the Mets could look to help replace him for the next couple weeks or months or so until the Mets get Scherzer back on the mound. So I'm really excited to dive into this series, so let's Let's get started. Starting with Game 1, the Mets won the first game of the series 3-1. This was a doubleheader game. The Mets got rained out on Monday night. So on Tuesday, they played a doubleheader, and the Mets took Game 1 3-1. On the mound for the Mets was Trevor Williams. This was a bullpen game because because as we got the unfortunate news last weekend that Tyler McGill is also injured, so the Mets needed to go with a bullpen game here because they were down a starter. But, I mean, the bullpen came up huge in this game. This is not an easy St. Louis offense, but they looked great. Trevor Williams was on the mound. He went four innings. He gave up four hits, no runs, no earned runs, no walks, six strikeouts. He looked phenomenal. You know, he, in his time with the Mets, he's been up and down. He's had some really great starts and and relief appearances and some really not so great ones. But this was one of the best I've seen out of him. He looked strong, six strikeouts, four innings, couldn't ask for anything more. And then out of the bullpen, Jake Reed came in and he struggled a little bit. He gave up two walks and, and definitely had some trouble. But two strikeouts, two innings pitched. He he looked a little wild, but he made it count when he needed to. No hits, no runs, no earned runs. Just the two walks, two strikeouts. He did a great job pitching two innings there for the Mets and getting the win. Seth Lugo came in. He came in for one inning, no hits, no runs or earned runs, no walks, and a strikeout. Drew Smith came in. He was in for one inning. He gave up a hit, a run, an earned run. No walks and one strikeout. The The run he gave up was a homer to Paul Goldschmidt, which, you know, I'd say it's a little concerning for Smith after the weekend he had last weekend to be giving up a run, but Paul Goldschmidt has been blazing hot, and, you know, coming into this series, he was super hot, and, you know, leaving this series, he was super hot. He he dominated the Mets this weekend, so, you know, I, I, I'll let Drew Smith have a little bit of a pass there, but it definitely is something to t- uh, make a note of, is that, you know, he, he faltered a little bit over the weekend and definitely had a couple other little little hiccups here in this series, but overall looked good and, and only gave up one run, and Diaz came in, locked down the save in the ninth inning, one inning pitched, one hit, no earned runs, had himself a bit of trouble because he did have a walk and a hit, but three strikeouts was able to get out of that trouble and secure the Mets win. Now turning to the offense, obviously three runs, not a huge offensive showing, but there were multiple guys on the team who had two hits in this game. They they had eight hits total. Jeff McNeil stays hot with the bat, had two hits, also an RBI. Dom Smith had a nice game going two for four with a run scored and a run batted in. And Eduardo Escobar, looking like he's starting to work his way out of his huge slump, went two for three, had a walk as well. So a really nice performance from him. Lindor also had a hit, and so did Luis Guillorme. So overall, the Mets offense, while not not driving in a ton of runs, 
had some nice performances from their a couple guys on the offense. The scoring started in the second inning with Jankowski grounding into a fielder's choice, which scored Dom Smith. The bases were loaded with no outs, and that was the only run they got that inning, which was definitely disappointing to see. And, you know, after last week, talking a lot about the offense, and so I'm going to talk about with the second game of this doubleheader, a little bit concerning that they didn't get more runs in there. The next time they scored was in the third inning when they drove in the rest of their runs for the day. A McNeil double and a Dom double drove in Lindor on McNeil's double and McNeil on Dom's double so nice to see them get some runs there it's the third inning would have liked to see the Mets put up some more runs later in the in the game but unfortunately that didn't happen but because of the really great job by the bullpen in this bullpen game the three runs that the Mets scored were all that they needed and they took game one by a score of three to one moving on to game two on the mound for the Mets in this game was Taiwan Walker he had an alright day. He went five innings pitched, seven hits, three runs, three earned runs, two walks, four strikeouts. I actually thought he did had a very solid game overall. You know, he he got himself into trouble and he did give up um, some hits, which turned into runs at times. But you know, overall, I thought he did a really great job. You know, again, up against a tough. St. Louis offense. After Walker, Adonis Medina came in. He pitched two and two-thirds innings, gave up three hits, no runs, no earned runs, no walks, two strikeouts. He has looked really solid for the Mets so far this season. A really nice arm that they've, you know, they picked up and worked a little bit in the minors and brought him up. Really happy to see him performing well on the Mets and in the majors. And then after Medina, Joely Rodriguez came in. He took the loss for the day. He pitched two-thirds of an inning. Gave up no hits, a run, two walks, and no strikeouts for him. And then Adam Anavino came in in the ninth inning after Rodriguez pitched for two-thirds of an inning. Gave up one hit, no runs, no earned runs, no walks, one strikeout. He was solid, although the scoring run that came in came off of Adovino. Wasn't really his fault. It was an, a weird infield single that was kind of more on Escobar for sort of booting and not really booting. It was a tough play, but kind of bobbling the ball on his glove. But the run wasn't attributed to Adovino. It, it was attributed to Rodriguez. So that's where Rodriguez's run came in. I thought Adovino, Adovino overall pitched very solid, especially getting a big strikeout of Nolan Arenado. Turning to the hitting, the offense had a rough game. I mean, uh, if you follow my Twitter at PodMets, I was not happy with the performance because I feel like this was a very winnable game for the Mets. They had five hits in the first inning. Canna homer to left, which was his third of the year, putting up the Mets up one nothing. And then in the fourth inning, after the game was tied due to a Goldschmidt double, surprise, surprise, um, Escobar homered, which made the score two to one. Then Jeff McNeil came in clutch in the eighth inning with runners. On first and second, he drove a single to left field, which scored Lindor, tying the game. The Mets weren't able to get any more runs in in that inning. And then in the ninth, they had guys on. They had men on first and second with one out, but Canna and Lindor both struck out. It was really tough to see that because I think up against Stephen Matz, who we know Stephen Matz, and he's had a an up and down year this year. It seemed like a pitcher the Mets could beat up on after they beat Michaelis, the you know, really the the Cardinals, one of the Cardinals' better pitchers in game one, it seemed like, okay, beat Michaelis, time for the Mets to take advantage of a, a 
uh, a pitcher who's struggling a little bit in Steven Matz, but they really couldn't get anything going. Only five hits, one for seven with runners in scoring position. Very disappointing in my opinion. I, I thought the Mets could really come through here, especially after tying the game in the eighth. Seemed like maybe they had some more magic going, but unfortunately they were not able to get the win in game two. Moving on to game three. The Mets won this game 11-4. This game, the offense looked really good. The offense came through here, scoring the most runs they've scored all season. On the mound for the Mets, pitching-wise, it was Max Scherzer, who I'm obviously going to get more into in the second half, but he pitched five and two-thirds innings, gave up seven hits, two runs, one earned run, no walks, four strikeouts. Wasn't your typical... Scherzer's start, you know, he didn't strike out a ton, only four strikeouts, and he gave up a bunch of hits, although most of those hits were were weakly hit. I think the hardest hit ball off of Scherzer, uh, or maybe the two hardest hit balls, there was a double from Dylan Carlson, and then right after, a single from Pujols, which was cool. I was actually at this game, and it was the hit that tied Pujols for 10th most all-time in hits in Major League history, so that was pretty cool, and then later, he actually took sole possession of of 10th on that all-time leaderboard with a hit later in the game, but Scherzer overall was was solid, only gave up one run, one earned run. The other run was unearned due to, unfortunately, an Escobar error. He did not have a great series in the field, but Scherzer left, probably could have gone further, but left due to the oblique injury, which I'm going to get into in the second half. After Scherzer, Adam Adovino came in, looked very solid again. He went one and a third innings, no hits, runs, or walks, no earned runs, obviously, and had two strikeouts. Next up was Lugo. He had a tough outing. He gave up three hits, two runs, two earned runs, no walks, had a strikeout. The two earned runs came on a two-run home run from Nolan Arenado. And then finally, Colin Holderman came in. He looked very solid in this game. He made that one solid appearance in the series against Seattle, and he made two really solid appearances in this series. And in this game, he pitched one inning, gave up a walk, two strikeouts, no hits or runs or earned runs. Really great job from Holderman to close out this game. Now on the offensive side, like I said, this was a really, really nice offensive performance. The Mets did all their scoring in three innings in the first, fifth, and eighth. Mark Hanna had two hits. He went two for three. Pete Alonso went two for four. Jeff McNeil went two for five. Pete drove in four runs, and Jeff McNeil drove in two. They were the the leaders, the RBI leaders in this game. The, the scoring started in the first with a McNeil single, which scored Canna and Nimmo. Then in the fifth, Alonzo singled, which drove in Canna. Escobar hit a sack fly. Dom singled to drive in Alonzo. And Luis Guillorme with a really, really nice safety squeeze bunt down the first baseline to score McNeil. It was just a really nice job by the team to, to put together runs. You know, they had opportunities in this inning. And, you know, going back to the game before where the Mets didn't take advantage of their opportunities. The Mets really did a nice job in this inning, specifically in this fifth inning, to put up four runs and take advantage, but in this game as a whole to to really work to drive in runs when they had the the chance. And then in the eighth inning, Nimmo tripled to left field, a really awesome hustle triple from him, which scored Jankowski. Marcana then singled, scoring Nimmo. And then after a walk to Lindor, Alonzo crushed a homer to left center field, scoring all three and putting the capper on this game. So the Mets won 11-4 in game three. And then in game four, the Mets won 7-6, a super exciting win for them. 
On the mound for the Mets was Chris Bassett. He had a solid day. Not his best, but definitely not his worst start this season. He went six and a third innings, gave up nine hits, four runs, four earned runs, one walk, three strikeouts. He did give up two home runs, two solo shots to Yepes and Goldschmidt. Again, Goldschmidt staying super hot. Goldschmidt also doubled off of Bassett to score a run. But, you know, overall, I thought Bassett had a solid day. Again, a tough Cardinal offense and, you know, just a really good job holding them to four runs. I thought he he was solid out there and gave the Mets some length as well with six and a third innings. Drew Smith came in for one and two thirds innings, gave up one hit, no runs or earned runs, no walks, no strikeouts. One of the runs that was credited to Bassett was given up by Smith, but it was on a, a really nice play by Jeff McNeil, a double play, uh, fly out, tag up, the guy scored, but Jeff McNeil threw out a not the runner who was tagging up from first at second base. So good job by Smith to limit damage there. Edwin Diaz came in, he blew a save. Again, was more on Escobar, who made two errors in this game, which just was not good. Uh, an error throwing in the first inning, and then in the ninth inning, with runners on first and third, uh, Goldschmidt hit a ball to Escobar, which he booted, and which resulted in the the tying run coming in. So Diaz pitched an inning, gave up two hits, one run, one earned run, two walks, two strikeouts. He did a really nice job though striking out Yepes with the bases loaded to keep the game tied and send it to extra. So a really nice job by him. And then Colin Holderman did a really nice job in the 10th inning. He pitched one inning, gave up one hit, one run, no earned runs, walks, or strikeouts. The run came in. It was the the ghost runner on a double play that he gave up. The the hit that he gave up was a, a tough infield hit as well. So a really nice job from him to limit the damage in extra innings. Now in this game, the, the offense looked really solid. You had Lindor had two hits and was on base four times with two hits and two walks. Pete Alonso was also on base four times. He had three hits and a walk. Yorme also had two hits, and McNeil had one hit but three runs batted in. The scoring started for the Mets in the first inning, which they've been doing a really nice job of recently. Pete single to right, scoring Nimmo, and then McNeil grounding into a fielder's choice, scored Lindor after that. Then, a couple innings later, in the fifth inning, Nimmo grounded out, scoring Guillaume and McNeil, again, singling the center and scoring Canna and Lindor, which was a really nice job from McNeil, driving in two runs there when the opportunity presented itself. Then, again, the Mets allow this game to slip away, and the game was tied, sending it to extras 5-5, and then they lost the lead, being down 6-5 in the 10th, but Pete Alonso, two pitches in to the 10th inning, Absolutely crushed a ball to left field, 447 feet, scoring two runs and winning the game. Just a really nice job from the offense in this one to really battle back in a game that they were, you know, really lost the momentum, the lead all in that tenth or in that ninth inning blown save. So a really awesome job from them. So now that I've gone over every game in this series and broken down the pitching and hitting matchups, I want to take a quick break, and when I get back, I want to talk more about Max Scherzer. Alright, and welcome back. So, now that I've gone over all of the games from this series, which, you know, was a really big series, I want to note, for the Mets to have lost the series over the weekend, especially in, you know, really disappointing fashion, losing that, that last game where they were 
pushing to come back and also in the first game where they only lost two to one and had an opportunity you know that that rough series against the Mariners where they lost their first series of the year for them to come back and not only not lose another series against a good Cardinals team but to win a four game series I was not expecting that I was hoping for a split at best but a really awesome job to show the the fight that this team has I talk about it all the time but really really liked seeing them go out there and winning this series as good as this series win was for the Mets though it it came at a big cost and that was losing Max Scherzer to a moderate to high oblique strain as we know with Scherzer he's a, a a guy who really knows his body so it was a little scary to see that he felt something and felt that he couldn't continue in the middle of an at bat in the middle of a jam uh you know that's kind of where he likes to shine and so he left, got an MRI. It was, you know, hopeful it wasn't anything bad, but it turned out to actually be something pretty serious, a a moderate to high oblique strain is how the Mets described it, and that puts him at a 6 to 8 week timeline for this injury. So, the Mets will not be seeing Scherzer and DeGrom until July at the earliest, you know, going into the season those two, that was the 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 dream seeing them pitch two games in a row and now we're not going to see either of them for the next couple of months. And, I mean, we haven't seen DeGrom at all this season, but now we're not even going to see Scherzer either. It's a huge hit to the rotation. You know, the rotation already lost McGill last weekend, which was, I, I described that as a huge hit to the rotation. And, obviously, the Mets are already down to Grom. This rotation has already been, you know, working with guys coming in and filling in, and I, I don't want to you know, diminish the job that, you know, McGill and Peterson have done because them filling in have been huge for this team. But it's hard. It's hard to, you know, keep losing guys. And now you're down to Grom, you're down McGill, and now you're down Scherzer. Definitely, definitely not ideal for this team. But there have been rumors that the Mets are already out there looking for options. And then the two names that the Mets have been connected to and the two guys who I actually think are really good options for the Mets to look at are Frankie Montas and Tyler Molly. So I'm going to run through each of these pitchers, go through, you know, just taking a, a quick overview of both of these pitchers. I, I don't really have a, a determination about one guy I'd rather go after versus the other. I think in the end it'll come down to what the price is, but let's just get into looking at these pitchers first. So first, Frankie Montas plays for the Oakland A's. In his career, he has a 384 ERA, a 1278 whip, and 9.5 strikeouts through nine. He also played one season for the White Sox, but only two starts in that year. This season so far, he's pitched eight starts, 49 innings. He has a 367 ERA, 53 strikeouts in those 49 innings. 13 walks, and a 10-20 whip. You know, that's a really, really solid season for Frankie Montas. He will be a free agent in 2024, so if the Mets were to trade for him, and Tyler Male is the exact same way, you'd have him for this season as well as next season, which could be also ideal for the Mets considering a bunch of their pitchers are about to become free agents. This season, while the runs he's given up in his starts have varied with you know, it going as low as zero runs in a start to as high as five runs allowed in a start. He is a workhorse on the mound. He's pitched at least five innings in every start he's he's gone out there. 
and has pitched as many as seven and a third innings. That could be huge for the Mets, who, you know, obviously dealing with injuries, will need someone to help eat up some innings, you know, making this bullpen already have to work a ton early on. Be nice to have someone who could come in and and just eat innings as a starter. And then turning to Tyler Molly, he pitches for the Reds. He, for in his career, has a 441 ERA, a 1339 whip, and 9.6 strikeouts through nine. Through this season so far, he has pitched nine starts. He has a 523 ERA. He's pitched 43 innings with 44 strikeouts and 20 walks and has a 1349 whip. Again, like I said, he'll be a free agent after next season. And, you know, his past three starts have been very, very solid. He's gone at least five innings in each start, the past three starts he's had. And he's given up two runs or less in each of those starts as well. So clearly he's sort of having a pretty nice go of things recently. So maybe if the Mets are looking to to catch a guy, you know, who's getting hot. A couple things to note for for both of these pitchers is where they play, which could play into, you know, the way the Mets look at this. Tyler Molly plays in a, a bandbox. He plays in Cincinnati. He has a career 5.11 ERA at home, but a career 3.84 ERA away. But on the flip side, Oakland is a monster stadium. But Montas's splits honestly aren't as drastic. He has a 3.43 ERA at home and a 4.30 ERA away. So really not a huge difference there. I think the bigger one is Tyler Molly, which I think, you know, he has a 5.23 ERA this year and that's you have to consider where he's pitching some of these starts. But overall, I think these are both two very solid options for the Mets. They're young, with Montas being 29 and Molly being 27. They're guys who could really jump into this rotation and help now and make a significant impact, and again, could also make an impact next year. It really depends on what's the, what the price is. Since the Mets are desperate, I don't know if the, the price tag will go up. The Mets have a strong farm system, especially at the top part of their system. If they want to just send one prospect or two, might involve adding in J.D. Davis or Dom Smith, who also over the weekend, again, reiterated his desire to play every day. So I don't know if maybe he, Smith, or maybe uh, J.D. Uh, Davis might be tossed in there as well. The Mets also have a connection with Oakland and making trades as they traded for Bassett earlier this offseason, so that might help as well. Either way, though, I do think the Mets need to make a move. I don't know if it'll be for either of these two guys. The Mets have reportedly checked in on both of them, so clearly they are looking for replacements since Scherzer is out, but I do think no matter what, the Mets need to look to make some sort of move and some sort of addition to this pitching staff because Unfortunately, they they just losing Scherzer, not having McGill right now and, and not having DeGrom, you know, for the foreseeable future, you know, it's really going to take a toll on the other pitchers in the rotation as well as the bullpen. So, you know, adding another guy, especially a guy who can perform and both of these guys have shown in their seasons this year as well as in their careers that they can perform, I think it would just immensely help this team and you know losing Scherzer you're never going to be able to replace him but if you can do whatever you can to sort of help this team out by by bringing in another guy it could be huge and help this team and you know provide a jolt showing that the front office is there to help the team when there is a need so turning to the upcoming series tonight the Mets start a series in Colorado 
up against the Rockies. Going to be a complete weather shift because it's going to be freezing and snowing there in Colorado after it was in the 80s and a really nice warm summer days here in, in New York. And so it'll be a drastic shift. Hopefully that won't hurt the team too much. Starting tonight, Friday night, it will be Carlos Carrasco up against Herman Marquez for the Rockies, who has a 6.16 ERA. Then tomorrow, it will likely be David Peterson, who's joined the team, up against Austin Gomber, who has a 4.38 ERA. And then on Sunday, it will be Taiwan Walker versus Chad Cool, who has a 3.86 ERA. The Rockies are 29th this year in team ERA, so this is a big chance for the Mets to have their offense break out. Obviously, Coors Field, a, a great place to hit home runs, and you know the thin air will be a, a great spot for this offense to to really shine and to really kind of break out of their you know sluggish slump that I've been calling it. And, you know, that being said, it'll be tough for the pitchers in cores, but hopefully it will be a good time for the offense to break out, provide them, you know, some relief so that maybe they don't have to be as perfect or, or as on as they have been and the offense can provide them some support. But either way, this will be an exciting series. Hopefully the Mets can go out there, get some wins in Colorado and look really strong while they do it. So that is going to be all for this episode, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I truly appreciate it. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I love interacting with other Mets and baseball fans. And you can reach me at my Twitter, at PodMets. Tweet me your thoughts about the Mets, about baseball. I love talking about the sport. So I'd love to hear from you all on Twitter, at PodMets. Once again, thank you all so much for listening. And as always, let's go Mets.